Hello, thank you for clicking play. If you're passionate about supporting small business, small creators and are enjoying the podcast, I would love if you considered supporting me and the show via Patreon. You'll find the link in the show notes where you can join us from as little as £3.50 a month. You'll be supporting the making of the show, enable me to keep the show ad free, get behind the scenes content, blog posts and lots more. Just click the link in the show notes to find out more. Now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Independent Thinking, the podcast exploring a new era for the high street. We celebrate those who are doing wonderful, creative things in the most difficult of circumstances. We'll be going behind the scenes of businesses and shops you love that you look forward to visiting and that add joy to your high street. I'm your host, Alexandra. Welcome along. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Sarah from Pencil Me In, a stationery shop based in Elgin. Passionate about showcasing work from the finest UK designers, illustrators and makers, we chat to Sarah about how she curates her offer, her reflections on the UK high street and why she was inspired to start My Shop Life back in 2017, an Instagram challenge to unite and celebrate the shopkeeper community. It was so nice to chat to somebody so passionate and experienced in retail. We had a good old blather about what's working and what's not on the high street, so lots of fun. We hope you enjoy. Welcome along, Sarah. Lovely to have you with us. Now, the wonderful world of stationery. Now, it's fair to say that people who like stationery, well, they really like it, don't they? They're really passionate about it. Is this what excited you most when you were beginning your venture on getting into this this whole industry? Are you a massive stationery head? Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Just stationery addict, I think. But I, um, I studied graphic design when I finished school. So obviously there's lots of lovely materials and pens and pencils, but I'd all, you know, everyone has that amazing new feeling of getting a new pencil case when you were going back to school. And I loved, you know, you get the jotters and I'd love a fresh, the fresh jotter page on the right hand side with your sharp pencil. Good, good vibes. Um, so I still, <laughs> still have all of that. Um, but I've just always really liked really nicely designed stationery mm-hmm. and like lots of different types of pens and pencils. Like I've always just been drawn to all of the tools and equipment that you can get um and I did like technical drawing at school and all the kit that came with that and the drawing board yeah. was, ama- was amazing um and then I mean I didn't go into graphic design I ended up doing loads of different things um but I sort of came back to I knew that I wanted to work for myself and have my own business after a few other businesses that I'd attempted and then kind of given up um and I'd always wanted a shop, like since I was a little girl. Um, oh. Being a shopkeeper was kind of something I was really kind of wanted to do. I had that post office game. Oh, It's all yes. 80s, 90s child, so I don't know. I love that. <laughs> it was like this post office game. Um, you had all the paper money. And I used to love Monopoly as well, if you know, like oh, yeah. all the wheeling and dealing of the banker. Yeah. So all these things. Um, so that's kind of what got me thinking about opening a stationery shop. Because when I... It wasn't all. It wasn't just the station. It was also cards. Mm-hmm. So we sell a lot of uh, greetings mm-hmm. cards. And whenever it was someone's birthday or event, like I would spend ages trying to find <laughs> the most perfect, but slightly different, but very well designed and good quality card. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a real sort of passion for picking those out. And you know, and I can and I see that now in my customers that come in and buy because they love the selection we have because it's not hallmark mm-hmm. because it's not glitter diamante lo- lovey yeah. dovey like it's always a little bit alternative so it's a magical the greeting card world is magical oh. because there is so much choice it's unreal um and stationery is just amazing fun to, to yeah buy. I, I mean I mean, there's so much to to pick up with there from because I feel I want to start as well just at the where you mentioned there about being a child and being excited by owning a shop because I, I completely feel the same way. I with my parents who had a shop, I I just loved making beep noises and like putting through things through the till and like having that interaction. Was it something? What was it about owning a shop that you think excited you? Was it about sort of um. Yeah, like, well, it's just I think what excited me most about it. What what was it that really grabbed you when you were little? 
I'm not sure. Like I, I distinctly remember we've got family in Orkney and we would go there on holiday. Um, and there's a shop there, which is quite big now, but it was kind of fresh and new at the time, which is Judith Glue, which is like a really nice gift ah. shop. <clears throat> and there was something about that shop that really made me think, oh, I'd really love a shop like this. Like it was just full of, you know, loads of things that were made on the island um, and really different things from what you would possibly see in like a gift shop back in the central belt where I grew up. Um, and I suppose it was that curation, like someone you're choosing the things in your shop, you make it look beautiful and then people come in and enjoy that mm-hmm. experience. Um, and then, yeah. and I think once you become a shopkeeper, you then realize how amazing the customer connection is. And mm-hmm. you know, there's loads of customers that I've got at Pennsylvania because we, we um, relocated here in spring 2016 and I opened in the June. So I didn't know anyone here at all. And through the shop, oh, you know, see. I've got to meet and I have made such amazing friends, um, you know, all through getting to know them as being, as being customers. And, you know, when you get to know yeah. if there's a group of friends and it's one of their birthdays, they'll all be coming in that week to get a card. So you have to memorise who's oh. bought what card. So there's no repeats. I love that. <laughs> But I love it when oh, that's amazing. Someone will go to a baby shower, and then they'll come in and they'll be like, "Oh, there was loads of PMI cards," <laughs> and it's that they know the type. <laughs> like it's so flattering. Um, but yeah, that, oh, that's wonderful. That customer connection that you get is is great, and I especially think you know because we're a smaller town rather than sort of a city centre location, you really do get to know um, people that are coming to the door. Yeah, it's really lovely. So where were you before? Um, so, well, I, I grew up in Linlithgow, um, just as I said, Edinburgh. Um, so my first job was at Jenner's. So I'm pretty devastated oh. about the the Jenner's I <laughs> situation. Know. Although, although they've said that they're, because I was listening to, there was a, the, the Danish billionaire whose name escapes me. Mm-hmm. They've said that although Fraser's are closing it in May, they're going to keep it as a department store because it's, it's been there oh, wow. for so the 1838 is, or something. It could be it's the really, liberties. Yeah. It could be the liberty of the north. hundred percent. The building is beautiful, so yeah. beautiful. And I used to work yeah. in menswear, uh, right at the front of, oh, the, of yes. the hall. And at Christmas, yeah. it was just you know magical. Oh, the lights and the tree, oh. although the tree would stink. But yeah. <laughs> that was another story. Can you tell us how they got it in? How did they get the tree in? I don't actually know. Did they lift the roof off? No. So oh, I, know, I don't know. Um, there's, there's swing doors at the side uh, that go out onto, is it St. Andrew? Oh. So, of course, I think they can completely come away. So I think they just brought it in. Um, but yeah, it used to because it came in so early. Um, by the time you got to December, it would absolutely stink because it was like starting to rot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Christmas! <laughs> if you were a customer, you probably didn't you wouldn't notice. But if you remember, it was um, so yeah. So my first job was proper job was selling shirts and ties and Jenners, and of course that's a pretty good place to start when it comes to like customer service and all the yeah. extra rules yeah, yeah. and things that they had about how you dealt with the customer i can't remember specifics oh what, what rules was, did, did they have yeah did they have sort of ways you should refer to customers yeah, it was more about kind of in the transaction like how particular mm. ways you should ask for payment um that you should always hand their money back in a particular way you wouldn't just and, and give their card back you wouldn't just put the card or the money like on the counter you had to be putting it in their hand <gasps> yeah um and just you know the the slips that they had for the for credit card, which of course we didn't have the chip and pin back in the day, were just so posh. <laughs> it was yeah. just such a great place yeah. to like have learned a bit of. Oh, detail. and the toy, the toy, oh, yeah. the toy place. Because yeah. my dad used to sell. Well, we were in toys and 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 um, porcelain dolls, which are you know, of its time. But it was a yeah, it was a really amazing place. It was so immersive, and. That's what Jenner did so well. I also remember they had like two sections of um, of beauty halls. They had a beauty hall at the front, which was kind of like your main ones. Then they had a sort of section down the stairs, which was kind of like your your cookier kind of yeah. off kilter brands. Which all of that's lost. And it, I mean, but you're right. This idea of it being a liberty of the north is an amazing one. Well, I think that's you know, it. Just the, I mean, the food hall was such a cool experience as well. 
and mm-hmm. some of the I mean the views from some of the restaurants that they have were oh, yeah beautiful like such a nice mm-hmm. place to go and watch the world go by from so it's just like mm-hmm. oh please don't lose that and I and the thing with the beauty yeah. halls I mean never that's not really my scenes I don't spend a lot of time there but they were so traditional and it was always you know mm-hmm. nice meh you know nice sort of I don't know just all, all the furniture inside was just so grand yeah. and lovely like it felt yeah. like such a special experience yeah so that is it important to you when you think about that immersive experience in the way that you've styled the shop thinking about pencil me in is that really important I, I know it's really a real it's really colorful you've got a lot of like um natural wood and kind of exported so is that kind of well, we, that vibe that you want to create yeah we wanted it to be a really sort of calm shopping experience but something that's mm. Because everything's, I mean, we've got the big long stationary table that kind of goes up the middle of, of the shop. And the idea of that is, is that you could take a picture of it and instantly put it on Instagram. That's the idea. <laughs> nice, yeah. Is the, is the thought behind that. It's a hot thing now, isn't it? I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so we wanted it to be, you know, as I say, a, ca- a calm, pleasant shopping experience. So people come in, we say hi. Mm. And if they, you know, if people have got questions we're there to help but at the same time they're totally left to kind of enjoy or test pens or though we've had to do away with station mm-hmm. due to covid but um yeah so they could have a play with any of the tools i know some people spend like up to 45 minutes and we're not a big shop um but they spend a really long time you know wow. deciding what pieces they're going to buy um and we have our lovely big um pencil bar because of course we print these pencils with all, so people will spend ages like picking out a set, of, a set of four for a friend for their birthday. Um, so it's just about. Can you tell us a bit? Can you tell us a bit about that? About the the personalization and how the printing. Yeah, of course. So because I think that is so cool. We, um, <clears throat> we used to actually, um, so we actually originally opened in Manchester. Sorry, that's where I was before we got sidetracked on the dinner. Ah. So my husband, my husband <laughs> and I were living in Manchester. Uh, he's from Edinburgh, so we both wanted to move back to Scotland. But I'd already opened. But I was running the shop, which was in a really rad location and a really random place, um, which I'm not down now. Um, but I was still working full time. So I had a member of staff doing two, three days a week, and I did the weekends. Um, but it never really made any money when we were in Manchester, but it was a massive uh, – so the location was terrible. Um, and the, but the rent was absolutely dirt cheap, and I could afford to pay it out of my wages. But it was a massive oh, wow. stepping stone because I've made all these amazing relationships with all these brilliant British designers and a few other sort of collectives yeah. um, to kind of then take this Elgin shop, which was probably about four or five times the size. I think my husband thought it was a bit mental at the time. So, yeah, so we were actually buying pencils from another pencil maker um, at the time who had a hot foil pencil machine. So we were telling, like, we were saying what colours we'd like and what phrases we'd like, you know, based on kind of Manchester and that sort of thing. And then when we moved up to Elgin, we expanded that to have a bigger sort of pencil bar. And sadly, her turnaround was sort of three to four weeks. And of course, once we moved to Elgin, we started like seriously selling a lot of pencils. And then people were could see that they were, we were kind of making them more Scottish and then suitable for Elgin. So people could see that we could control that. So they then started asking us to personalise them. And I was like, oh, I can't do that. But after, uh-huh. I think we'd only been open like three, four weeks. Um, and I was like, I'm going to have to buy a pencil machine because this is such a, a massive market. So we bought the pencil machine, which I think was about £600. Um, it must have paid for itself so many times over. And um, and then we get our pencils from the <laughs> States. So we managed to set up that um, relationship as well and just took it from there. And then it's, it's massively grown to, from there because now we have a wholesale side to the business. So we provide pencils for other shops yeah. all over the UK and for like businesses that are wanting to promote things or charities and that sort of thing. So, yes, yeah, so we did just shy last year for our wholesale. Gosh. We just, we did just shy of 14,000 pencils. Bloody hell. I and, ev- and I saw. <laughs> everyone is stamped I- individually. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I saw on your Instagram because you were doing like a sort of a not competition, but a sort of like a guess how many we did. Was it 22,000 you did? 22,000. In 2020. Mental. I mean, that's incredible. Do you know what's funny though is that, you know, we talk all all this time about, you know, moving towards digital and Mm. actually, 
I mean, we see this in homewares as well. I think people want things that are, um, I don't know, that are, that are just tangible. And, and you can actually, there's something really special about just writing something with a pencil. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, there is. The, the very joy of it. It's very easy. And like, we just know how it works. You know, yeah. to worry about it breaking. I think the personalised uh, side of it as well, people really love because they can just, it's not an expensive uh, outlay. Um, it's quite a good, you know, it's seven fifty or eight fifty, depending on what you're doing for a box set of four. Mm. So it's not a massive outlay. So customers really love that they can get something personalised for their friend. I mean, like when people get married, that's really popular. They'll get bride to be and Mrs. So and so to be and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's been it's, amazing. Like I never thought yeah. that side of the business would would be so massive. It's really interesting, isn't it? And so, and you clearly, in all your answers, you're clearly really passionate about the people who you stock and the, the designers and the artists you work with. What do you look for when you look for people to work with or to collaborate on or you, you as in like who you want to stock? Yeah. Um, I mean, where possible, we try and work with British designers. Um, and, you know, when we first opened, that was really one of our big main aims. But of course, some of the finer, really nicer stationery as a whole is is Japan or German. Um, so you have to kind of go outside to get some of that stuff. But when it comes to paper, so cards, gift wrap, uh, we do some prints and posters and that sort of thing. We very much, it's pretty much all made in the UK. Um, oh. And one of the reasons for that is if it's designed in the UK and it's made in the UK, it's, it's a big, nice circle, isn't it? Because you're keeping... Mm-hmm manufacturers and business and, and that sort of thing at the same time but lo- pretty much most of the companies we work with it's usually just like one or two people that are like in that company like they're an illustrator and they've then made a range of cards or then gift wrap yeah. and then added it so it's, we work with loads of different people but of course they're all just like tiny companies and it's quite a nice yeah. vibe because we get to know them on a personal level and then when a customer comes in Maybe they're p- buying a card, and then you'll be like, "Oh, well, the reason they created that card, or the you know the the design behind," and you can actually tell them the reason of yeah. of the design behind it, and it's really nice to kind of pass that on, and so, and yeah. also so our customers can see, you know, that we do know the people um, behind it. Mm-hmm. It's, it can be tricky at times because we do get a lot of local people then coming in asking us to stock mm-hmm. their work, and we don't do a lot of local. Actually, I would say mm-hmm. we pretty much don't do any local. And that's because they're stocked then at lots of other local places. And the whole okay. thing the whole thing that I try and achieve with Pencil Man is that you're coming in and you're not seeing things that you're gonna see everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So for a lot for some of the stuff we stock, we're the only stockist either north of the central belt or actually in Scotland. So we do try and seek wow. out people so that when people shop with us, they're not then gonna see it when they go to Aberdeen or Inverness. Because of course where we are, we're right in between the two. So if they were going to the big shops, as I call it, um, <laughs> they're not then going to see, you know, the same stuff. Um, yeah. And it, and a lot of our customers come in and say, "Oh, you wouldn't be out of place. You know, the shop wouldn't be out of place in Glasgow or London or whatever." And that's mm-hmm. and that's great because that's kind of it's kind of like, well, just because we're in the northeast, in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> it doesn't mean we shouldn't have really nice things. Well, precisely, and I think that takes us on nicely onto like onto Elgin and, and and being on that on that high street because you're absolutely right why do people of Elgin or, or, or and surrounding areas not deserve the same like yeah. does good design is good design anywhere yeah so what yeah what is the community and what is the high street like in Elgin um and how has it been during this this time so we're on Batchen Street which is just a this kind of the main strip uh high street if you yeah. like um and then we're on Batchen Street which is one of the streets that runs off um so when we opened, I'm sorry, I tell this story all the time, but there was, um, there was so there was about eight empty shops um, on our street at the time. And mm. they were, I was surrounded by all of them. <laughs> all the sort of shops were at the other end. But the post office was only three doors down. And I was like, that post office will bring so much footfall to the street. So I mm-hmm. knew there would, be foot, there would be footfall there. And it was also, there's a very popular whiskey shop at the top of our street so I was like you know between the two of them mm-hmm. and also it was quite a good cut through for students and stuff so I'd like okay. I hadn't commissioned any formal surveys or anything like that like <laughs> most people might do I was just like, <laughs> finger in the finger in the air yeah, obviously yeah. didn't really that know. gut going with that yeah. gut yeah they know Elgin but um but the shops that were on the sort of either side of me all had the same sort of traditional frontage um 
So I had mine repainted. And and when I took it on, I kind of thought, if I've got the balls to open here, then hopefully, because it's a little bit of gentrification, I suppose, bringing a shop that you from Manchester to here, then hopefully someone else might just have the balls to kind of open mm-hmm. nearby mm-hmm. or take a pump. Yeah. Um, and that's totally... Like that gamble's totally paid off. So next door to me is now Batchin Street Coffees. That's a coffee house. Um and a you know, a really nice one, ground their own coffee. You can go there for a spot of lunch, really nice food, not too complicated. And it's like a really favourite spot for like loads of locals. Um opposite us we've got Serology, which is like a sort of man's uh, grooming shop. So it's not like uh-huh. you don't go there to get groomed but they sell lots of grooming stuff and gifts nice leather bags that sort of thing oh. so they open just after us and then next door we've got a tap room called against the green oh because nice. they're bright yellow and we're navy this is a little bit like ikea but oh. <laughs> <laughs> when they started painting i wasn't there and uh the girls that work for me were like they're painting next door bright yellow bright yellow <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's fine it's fine like because it really stands out you know, yeah. it attracts people to the streets. So we've got a tap room. Then we've got um, uh, my friend Deborah. She opened a luring boutique, which is a really nice women's wear, um, a little mm. bit more high end um, mm-hmm. clothing boutique, but gifts and jewelry and that sort of thing. So they were going to the main. That's the like the four main strip either side of me. And now it just looks amazing. And the street, oh, wow. the street's now completely full. Um, and so there's twenty one independent businesses, obviously the post office, um, on on the street. And it's usually pedestrianised, so mm-hmm. you can get chairs out in the summer and all that sort of stuff. But a couple of years ago, um, actually we're coming out three years ago, um, there's a there's a big building right at the bottom, kind of where the entrance to our street is, which used to be where worse, is now a poundland. And it's been very neglected and they found that it was about to fall down. So they've had oh. to put up so much scaffolding that it's blocked the sort of natural exit of traffic. So now that natural exit of traffic uh, comes up our street, uh, which has been a a huge annoyance uh, to me. Um, But they actually closed it off last year for social distancing for about Mm -hmm. three months. And overnight, we saw a change in customer behaviour. It was so nice. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, I wish wish so much. I mean, it's going to be at least another two years um, before they've got that building fixed and, and, and all sorts. Um, but yeah, total change in customer behaviour because it's just like a single one-way street and it mm-hmm. doesn't have proper pavements. They're kind of marked by the stones, if that makes sense, but it doesn't. Yeah. So cars are just like all over the place. So it's not very safe yeah. if you're out there with children. So yeah. yeah, I'm a bit devastated about that. But I mean, one of the reasons I took the shop on that street was because it was pedestrianised. So that's-, that's so interesting you say that. What I find really interesting about pedestrianisation is Time and again, the research shows that people shop little and often much more when streets or when people are prioritised on streets mm-hmm. and where people are um, where you easy to kind of cycle or you can take, you, you, like you say, families can go you feel much safer you feel you can go at your own pace and and yet there's definitely pushback from some shop owners about this but I think you've demonstrated it beautifully it where people are given space on a high street they take it up and they use it and they sit out and you can congregate you can speak to people you know this is what high street's all about yeah well we just noticed that uh, people would begin to donder rather than think there's a car coming behind me I'm going to get run over yeah Um, Uh uh-huh because if someone has parked then to get past them you have to go across the other that you would take over the pavement on the other side yeah. so it is quite a dangerous street with, with the traffic on it but yeah customers yeah. would donder and it meant that if they were on if they were dondering up the other side they would have enough time to look at my windows mm-hmm. and then if that mm-hmm. was of interest to them they might come across and come in or before yeah. that just doesn't happen so we've, it's a yeah. it's a huge difference and the feedback we got from customers that like on warmer sunny days which of course the weather was pretty good last year where they could sit out mm. and they said they felt like they were abroad because it was just oh, such yeah. a nice atmosphere, um, and like, yeah. and just on the pedestrian thing, because I do, I do have mixed views on it. So I think it works really well on our street, but around mm. the corner, on the main strip uh, of Elgin, mm-hmm. it's called mm. they call it the Plain Stones. I'm not really sure why. Um, mm. <laughs> so that the, that used to be 
you know, all traffic and they did pedestrianise it. And Mm. I think in that area where you've got a high volume of people coming to your town centre, say, on a weekend or whatever, then pedestrianised works. And like I was in Glasgow very briefly in October, sort of between lockdowns. And, you know, where they've pedestrianised, you know, Socky Hall Street and then the street that goes down mm-hmm. from that. That Buchanan Street, yeah. Yeah, that works because you've got a high volume of people coming to an area. Mm-hmm. If you look at Elgin Town Centre, mm-hmm. you don't have that high volume of people coming to that area anymore. And then, of course, there's parking. We are the only town in our county of Murray that has parking charges. So no other town does, which is a very big bugbear for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So you've got kind of that on top. So we've not got the same volume of people now coming to the town centre as you would have probably when they introduced the um, pedestrianisation. Mm-hmm. And the council aren't really helping us out in kind of how to address that and sometimes the pedestrianization works really well like I could see it you know on a weekend you could understand it would work work really well when you've got more people but in the mm. week there I think there could be an argument for having 30 minute parking mm-hmm. sort of a, along that strip mm. um so yeah it's a really I've, yeah I've got real mixed views on it yeah, I mean, it's certainly an area of, of huge debate at the moment, I think, in terms of how we look at our towns and cities and how I know that later on in the series, we'll be speaking to um, kind of more planning and speaking about uh, to planners within city centres and town yeah. centres who are thinking about, you know, how we use our spaces and how we and how we creating opportunities for people to feel safe in kind of speaking to each other, congregating, like I say, what the high street means, making a place feel safe at different times of the day as well, you know, make it feel more like it's a it's a people, like I keep saying, yeah. it's a people-centred space. Um, but again, like you say, context-specific context is very, how it means it needs to, you know, relate to where it is. I think, you know, I suppose one size fits all for every town city is just not possible. It has to respond yeah, no. to the, the people who live there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's probably the biggest. When people, there are a lot of people now talking about the future of town centres and the and the future of retail, and well, sadly, there isn't one answer, or there isn't mm-hmm. probably two or three answers. Like every town centre will need a different plan, and will need a yeah. different fix, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's where it's tricky. But I think things like, um, you know, in Scotland we have a lot of the business improvement districts or bids. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. so we have one in Elgin. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've just got we just got a new manager uh, for the Elgin one just at the back end of the summer, and she's a lot younger than the manager that was in before, which I think will assist because I've been to them before and said, you know, basic things like signage of if someone is passing through Elgin because we have a, the main road from Aberdeen to Inverness comes through Elgin, and I'm mm-hmm. like, there's no signage that says even that there's a monthly farmers market you know, on this oh. Saturday. Or there's no yeah. finish that says, come check this out in the town centre or here's the town centre mm. car park. It's very, I mean, that's just basics, right? To yeah. encourage people that are cutting through your town to stop or remind yeah. people that live outside of Elgin but nearby. And you just kind of get pushed back. And they don't, it's frustrating, isn't it? I think it's difficult. It w- yeah, I think, and, and but I think, like you say, it could. It's frustrating that there may be, or, or well, that there's not one answer, but also it's a huge opportunity because I think if we have, you know, earlier on in the series, we you know, spoke to Midstable Quarter about, you know, galvanising community to, a. Uh, to shape their high street and and how they want it and kind of working with with business with with artists, but uh, yeah, I think that is feels more like the future than. Um, we're going to have to let's be honest we're going to have to think creatively and a bit and we're going to have to really challenge stuff now I think yeah. we're at a time particularly in retail but also you know thinking about our uh, the, the climate crisis or like you know there's there's, there's other things that are there's so much going on that we're now have to the status quo isn't really working really at the moment and this has been a real reckoning I, I mean you've touched upon retail there I mean do you what are your thoughts I mean what are your thoughts on the kind of how it's evolving? I mean, for, I mean, I, I feel like you demonstrated how beautiful independent retail is by, pe- by saying, you know, you know where people's birthdays are, you know what people's cards have been bought, you know, all that's really personal stuff that's mm-hmm. that's priceless. 
so yeah what do you feel how do you feel somebody owns a shop I think the main thing I see sort of going on from a top down level like coming from government um Mm. is there has been grants and funding come through for people to take the buildings that are above the shops in our town centres and bring them Mm -hmm. back to flats. And there's a huge push towards that of bringing people back to living in the town centre so that that would help the nighttime economy, but also for them popping out and getting things. And and certainly that will definitely help. And there's a prime example of of like, so we've just lost, uh, last summer we lost Clarks in Elgin and the only reason we lost them, it's nothing to do with the pandemic, but their lease came up end of June. They had basically a process in that they were renegotiating every lease as it came up for every one of their stores. And if they couldn't get it renegotiated, they just left. Right. So they've now left, despite it being a good shop, you know, yeah. and doing okay. And that's a three-story building. So wow. it's actually in really good condition because, of course, a lot of the empties around of our, a lot of town centres are in really bad disrepair, which means mm-hmm. even if you were a small business, you probably couldn't afford to kit it out, to, get, to even yeah. get it to a position to to open. Yeah. Um, but it's in really good condition. But then it's got a storeroom and then offices on a top floor. And it's just like, well, who needs that these days? So yeah. there's all this, that that's a much bigger piece. And it's kind of like, well, if that landlord wasn't even prepared to renegotiate their rent, then is that landlord going to be able to look and see that he needs to split that? Maybe mm-hmm. sell off the top bit so that can be flats and the bottom half is just retail. And yeah. that's a problem across, I would say, a lot of, especially Scotland's town centres, is you've got mm-hmm. these huge buildings that are now sitting empty and really what they need is to be separated, which would make the rent on the bottom floor a bit more affordable it could make business yeah. rates more affordable and then let the top layers kind of be developed so we lost clark's and then next two doors down from it so it's just been announced of course that burton's is part arcade so we have a burton so we've just lost that and that's they have quite a big frontage they have a double mm. long frontage so that's mm. quite a big gap I, yeah um to lose so we are we are seeing it and my belief really is that the whole high street retail town centre is going through a massive transition at the moment and it is going to get worse before it gets better Mm -hmm. um i was on a call with our msp a couple of weeks ago where we did talk about it and he, he is of the view and i agree that really the local government our local councils they need power for compulsory purchasing to take Mm -hmm. the buildings away from the landlords that are completely absent and uninterested but of course a lot of our local governments are pretty skint i mean i know ours are borderline (laughs) bankrupt half the time so then that would we need more funding from the from the governments to come in for them to be able to purchase it and then do the do the work on it but Mm. it's a very slow process Mm. it's going to be really really slow and then there's the bigger picture of retail as well which has angered me about the kind of the UK government not doing anything about it is it's mainly women that work in retail and it's yeah. also a lot of part-time positions um, yeah. you know so they can work around families or coming back to work or it could be that they've retired and that's kind of a job to get them to, to their better pension pay and that sort of thing mm. and that's huge you know thousands and hundreds of thousands of people in the past 12 months that have lost their job in retail due to Debenhams, Arcadia Group, you know, closing. If that was one company in one place, the government probably would have done something about it. But because it's completely spread across the UK, they just haven't bothered. I don't really feel like it's on the agenda with the UK government. And I think someone that could be a massive help and has been a help before, but didn't really get enough money behind it is, is Mary Portis. She's still absolutely, absolutely bang on the money. She has a really good yeah. newsletter that comes out. Yeah. It's brilliant, it's isn't really, it? So good. You know, she really yeah. talks about the experience of shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- it's a must read. Like I've shared it with the, my little shopkeeper Facebook group and said, you know, this is a really good newsletter to read because it's about yeah. the experience that you offer customers. Like, yeah. There is a certain portion of the society that loves shopping. Like I love shopping. 
be it big shops or small shops. And I don't think, as much as people talk about, you know, people are shopping online and that sort of thing, I still think that that portion is going to be there. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of definitely. you know, I don't think shopping's going to completely die. It's just we're just going to change what the offering is. Yeah, I I completely agree. And and yeah, I think Mayport is such an interesting. I mean, I I talk talk about it at length. I could talk about it. At length. I just I'm such a huge fan. But when she was brought in by the previous government, well, I mean, still still Tory government. When she was brought in the previous government, and um, I think reporting to Eric Pickles at the time about kind of what was happening on the high street, um, and it was completely just shelved, like her whole yeah. and that whole report, and it's like. And she's she since talks about it and reflected on it and, and how she maybe do things differently now. But you're right. I mean, everything in that it still stands it stands up brilliantly today. And all of this work she's doing around what is now the kindness economy and and actually that is what's going to bring us all out of this because it's going to be about connection. It's going to be about um, yeah. people orientated like we talk about people orientated streets and communities, but also shops, and they need to be at absolute centre of this. Um, and 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 I think and I wonder it's interesting because I spoke to um, I think again uh, there'll be an I'm um, speaking to an academic around who's kind of studying work around this and there's been the word which is a hideous word but we'll use it anyway it's a <laughs> digital which is the blend of kind of a physical and digital and it's about sort of whether well one whether there'll be sort of physical spaces for digital experiences so maybe it's about kind of amazon go style things but also well maybe online can do all the boring stuff of of, of kind of necessary stuff that can maybe come from warehouses more easily yeah. but all that st- places like yours places like ports of coffee shops and mm-hmm. hospitality and and um, immersive and trying on clothes again and all of that that needs to happen in person like that yeah. i mean we do we need that yeah, we do. It's interesting. Um, off the back of this, Burton's closing in Elgin. So obviously there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there. And then this chat was just moaning that there wasn't a model shop, like for model planes or toys or whatever in Elgin. Uh-huh. And it's just like, well, you can't, you know, not that big a town. Like <laughs> there will always be a space, you know, that if you're into something specialist, you yeah, you probably ain't going to be able to get to get it on Elgin High Street and that's okay yeah. like it's yeah it's not a bad thing to buy things online there's always going to be that space for it but there's also always going to be that space for a shop yes um, yeah that's going to sell sort of other things yeah I mean let, let's I wonder if we could come on to the online space and just touch upon the in my shop life and mm-hmm. and that hashtag that you you started and and galvanizing bringing our community amongst independence online tell us a bit more about that and how that helped a uh, bring us so into community i guess so we started it i started it in, i say we me i started yeah the <laughs> royal we yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, i started in 2017 um and there's another like it's an instagram challenge so there's like a list of prompts for you to to post per day and there's another one which is kind of for people that make and create which is called March Meet the Maker, which is run by Joanne Hawker. And it's really good and, and really popular. It's about to run again uh, next month. So I was kind of like, oh, we need something like that for independent shops. Um, and we had a really good take up and I got to meet loads of different shopkeepers off the back of it. And my Instagram absolutely exploded uh, oh. for the entire month. Um, and then at the end of the month, we then set up a Facebook group. So we've now, I think there's just over 200 of us in there which has been pretty invaluable last year with the advice and support that people were giving each other and what what's good about it is I think there's only ever been one time where we've had some sort of smaller bitchy incident you know like Facebook groups usually <laughs> full of people bitching each other there's been absolutely nothing and it's, it's really good and when we're coming up with the prompts for every new year that we do it they're all really good at chipping in with kind of what's relevant or what would be good but one of the reasons we did it so obviously I've kind of grown up with social media I think Facebook came out when I was about 23 24 so I'm kind of au fait but a lot of other shopkeepers out there aren't so they're like they don't actually really know what to share so they'll just share products all the time so it's just like product 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 because they think it's just for sales Mm -hmm. so it was a really good tool to help these shopkeepers that didn't know what to post to kind of tell their story, you know, about where the shop is, the frontage, 
people love a frontage. That's usually my yeah. most like. Oh my god! Um, and people love the story. Yeah, like yeah. who their team is, why they opened, um, and all these different influences of kind of how they buy, different decisions that they've made. You know, we've in the past couple of years, like sustainable or that sort of thing's been on it. Obviously, that's a much bigger issue. Um, and then like shout outs to other people in their neighbourhood as well as other shops that they really love going to. So we've tried to really expand it to promote each other as well as, as ourselves. And it's been really good. We've had some really just really nice success stories off the back of it. And like I've got really loyal, diehard customers and they they like it because they'll they all find new independent shops. Oh, and then yeah. and then they a few of them have a list of the shops that they want to go visit, like if they're in Scotland usually. Um, because then they get to see and then they're like, oh I'd really love to go to go visit there. So it, it's been really like a really nice thing to have created and, and be part of. And then last year we moved it. Um, so we ran it in September instead of April because um, everyone was closed. That still worked quite well. But I think, you know, Instagram's totally changed. Yeah, um, It's a different landscape now to what it was in 2017. And so I'd kind of decided that I would probably reduce it. So it has been, always been a month, but I think I'm pretty, I feel that that's too long now. So I need to sit down and, and do a bit of work on that. But I actually don't know if we're all going to be open in April as well this year. Mm. So I'm a little bit like, Ooh. so I need to have a chat to my fellow shopkeepers and, and figure that out. But um, yeah, it's just a really yeah. nice way. You know, so I think sometimes, I mean, some of the shops will take like a year out from doing it and then come back the next year because you kind of, you do sometimes feel like you might be repeating yourself. Mm. But you know, you've probably gained an extra few thousand followers since you last did it. So you do have a new audience to yeah. kind of tell that story to as well. Yeah. Um, but no, it has been really good. Really, really yeah. Good. And it's interesting because I think, I mean, Instagram and social media, and Instagram particularly, I think, because it's such a visual medium. And I think it's something that also enables people to feel like they know you and get to know get to know the story behind the brand. But it enables shops now where even 20 years, even well, even 10 years ago, an independent shop wouldn't have been able to, unless, I think I said this in the last episode, you know, unless you were doing mail order, you had a website you might not have been doing so many online sales or connecting with other people outside of your area or it, it's just, it's a, it's a much, it's a really easy, well, it takes a lot of work and generating content, but it's an easier way to connect <laughs> with new communities and new people that might not otherwise have engaged with you or know about you. And that's an amazing tool, but it's also another load of work. <laughs> I, I, it does take a lot of, of energy, doesn't it? I guess. It does at times, I think. Like, I really enjoy using Instagram for the business, especially, I'd say I enjoy it more in the past two years. So I think, um, so I was on maternity leave 2018 to 2019. And during that time, I think that's when stories kind of got launched. And yeah. I was really enjoying watching the people that talked to camera. And yeah. then I was like, oh, well, if I really enjoy watching people talk to camera, then you're kind of like, oh, I suppose I probably should do that yeah. and it took a while to get there but now I'm like never often it's a bit addictive um but I think with any social media like if it starts to become a strain or a pain or you're not enjoying it it will really shine through yes so yeah you have to kind of keep it light it should be fun um yeah. you know there's no need I think some people still feel the pressure to like post every day that's yeah that's not really a thing now um yeah and it is constantly changing, so it is quite hard to keep up with that. But there's, you know, there's usually like three or four people that you could definitely you could follow on Instagram, and mm -hmm. as long as you're kind of reading what they're doing, like because they'll be pretending to be Instagram experts, that you can kind yeah. of pick up like little things that you might need to tw tweak or change. Yeah, um, and just kind of I, one rule I always go by. So I have a list of business values for pencil me in. And if I'm posting, especially on the grid or onto Facebook, then I make sure that everything's kind of in coming from one of those business values. And it means you kind of stay mm -hmm. on message and you're not posting random memes that have got nothing to do with your business. <laughs> kind of switch people off. And I see, you know, and especially I've done quite a bit of mentoring locally and people, the main thing they come 
is about social media. And for people that are like 10 years older than me, that then didn't kind of grow up with this, mm. they just see what other people do and then start doing that. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, you should just do what's right for your business. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's that authenticity, it's, isn't it? About Because yeah. that shines through so much. Yeah, just keeping original. Like, I'm not, I don't have a colour theme for the grid. And I'm just like, oh, the people that do, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, that must take so much work to, like, yeah. put the same theme or colour palette, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's too I mean, much for me. Especially right now. Life's I mean I mean I can I understand it, but also it's a lot of pressure. I feel like life's yeah. hard enough right now. Let's just kinda of keep it simple. <laughs> um, just to just to finish up then from I mean, yeah, touching about maybe on Instagram or in, in the physical the physical space. Um who is inspiring to you in, in independent business or either locally or perhaps in your in your sector or in the industry? What what inspires you? Um, I mean, you've touched upon Mary Portis, who I yeah. adore. Yeah, I just think she's she did that series on Channel Four where she was going to people's shops and like yes, love that. That was fascinating. Um, and I think I think she might have done that before I even had my shop, but I loved it. Like I thought it was really mm. interesting. Although they, she usually ended up persuading them to spend like twenty thirty grand on a refit, which <laughs> I definitely couldn't afford. Um, but yeah, I think she's quite good at when I read her newsletter it it makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing like creating mm. an atmosphere and you know keeping the shop kind of relatively a calm space for shopping it makes you feel like you're on the right track when I go to London mm. um so I usually go like four or five times a year for different shows or um judging greeting cards and stuff like that um so my friend my stationery shop owner friend Neil has a stationery shop called Present Incorrect. Oh, and I think I recently, yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, his social media is off the hook. Like he's amazing. Um, but and his and his shop is actually really. I don't think this in an insult. It's it's quite small. Like when I went, I was like, oh my god, this is quite small. Um, but yeah, so I really, I always would go. Um, there's two two events a year that are near his shop, so I would usually go and. Um, treat myself and he's very good at finding really alternative things mm. um and he does a lot of he would usually do a lot of buying trips to europe and go to like flea markets and get all this cool like vintage stationery and stuff so i find that quite inspiring like he's just consistently i guess passionate about stationery which is the same as me anytime we go somewhere like for a weekend or like i'll have a list of shops that i would like <laughs> to go and visit and we've like my husband's just come to accept it now um so we went to berlin um two years ago with, with our child who wasn't even a year um and it was like great so just one morning we went to like three or four um sort of stationary shops there's one called rsvp berlin and they had two shops opposite each other and they were one of them just had this huge huge wall of wrapping paper and papers and it was so colourful and so delicious. And I was like, mm. wow, it was really, really nice. And then they across the road, they had more sort of pencils and rulers. Like I bought three slim stainless steel rulers <laughs> of different sizes. Um, <laughs> so I really liked That's the thing. I suppose I get my inspiration from going to like seeking out as many shops as possible. I'm very much a busman's holiday like this. I love that. Doing the research when you go away and getting a sort of list of people and also helping you get a feel, experiencing a city or a new place in a different way. Yeah. Like actually getting inside the, I was going to say getting inside the skin, but you know, there's, there's probably better, you know what I mean? <laughs> getting behind, you know what I mean? Um, a better way to, to describe like that. How someone else has their shop laid out or yeah. how they're displaying things. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so... Yeah, so Claire, who works with me, she usually comes to Top Drawer with me when we go to London. So we usually do two, like a day and a half hard uh, at the show. And then we always like plan something for the afternoon. So the, when we were there last year, um, one of the designers that we've worked with in the past, Katie Lemon, she's pretty massive. So she wasn't at the show, but she had a sort of pop-up in Chelsea. And it was uh -huh. on the same street as Peggy Portion. 
And Claire and I hadn't been to Pay Portion, so we were like, let's go, let's go. So we went, so we went to Katie's shop, which was beautiful, both bought a couple of things, and then we went down queued to get in for the cake. Um and it was just just these things because of course in London of course there's so many different things that you could experience but to go and mm. see like Peggy Portion is quite a good example because they've really they decorate outside a different theme every quarter ah, so okay. like there's a different theme and it's you know very people want to take pictures all the time and then there's a different theme of cakes inside and, and all that sort of stuff and then even even on that whole entire street loads of them had excessive decoration like outside their store and like there was a perfumery and then there was this huge florist with and like and almost oh. every pub in London has like a huge floral display outside. Yeah. And it was just like it's really good to go and just see, you know, what's happening. We also went to Liberty. Oh um, I mean the best. Yeah, it's I mean it's beautiful. And we went yeah. around and then we went to one of the sort of places that you can eat and had had scones and witnessed a guy eating a scone with a knife and fork. That was very weird. Um, <laughs> the whole scone. We hadn't got it in half anything. And dipping it into the cream. It was really weird. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's... But it's just, I, I suppose when any time I go away, I like to go to different things to see what the experience is. And then it's kind of mm. like, how can I bring a little bit of this mm. you know, to, my, to my shop yeah. um, when customers are in? So I suppose oh, that's, that's... that's what I do. That's what, that's what I massively am missing. Oh, uh, yeah, gosh. You and me well. both, absolutely. I, I cannot wait to, oh, I don't know. Do you know what else? Though? I, I mean, I can't, I also can't wait to stop saying I can't wait too because I also, <laughs> I feel like I'm living in the future right now. It's bizarre. Things, but I would say that eating out is almost a hobby and, mm. but I've, yeah, I really miss going out for just like a coffee or, yeah lunch like on the weekend because i usually work a saturday so we'd pretty much always go out for lunch on a sunday oh, and like just dream making all my own food i mean that uh, no 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 thanks i'm sick of washing up um, <laughs> um thank you so much sarah for such a yeah it's such a fascinating chat i feel like we've explored so many interesting <laughs> covered, areas covered a lot oh it's been really fascinating um yeah thank you so much that's right thank you so much for having me if you've enjoyed today's episode please consider rating the show writing a review or telling a friend it really helps us to be discovered by other like-minded listeners thanks for listening bye for now Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did and you want to support me to continue to make the show, I would love it if you became a patron by clicking the link in the show notes. From as little as the price of a coffee a month, you'll receive behind the scenes content, blog posts and lots more. Click the link in the show notes to find out more or head to patreon.com slash independent thinking. Bye for now.